This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Elisha. So I guess I have to introduce myself a little bit. So I uh, am the news editor at Gaming Trend. It's a small site. And you can follow me on there or Catamarice Forever on Twitter. Let's check this out. Is that how it is? GamingTrend.com? See if we can find you. Probably like the first article. Um, Go down a little bit more. Yeah, because these are like feature reviews and everything. Um, Yeah, so there. Yep, there you go. Do you stand no chances, Goldie Vance? Ooh, I like the rhyme. We got some Dr. Seuss up in here. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Rascal's Dream of Rabbit Girls. Ooh. Yeah, Rabbit Ruby's coming out in, on Switch uh, next month. It so if you guys want on, to, is it on Vita? It's on yeah, it's on PC and PS4 and Vita, I believe. Okay, I thought it so, yeah. come out for limited run a while back. It did actually, and I actually, I got like a uh, PAX cover, but like I sold it afterwards. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there <laughs> you go. The truth comes out. The truth, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like someone's gonna be like, oh my gosh. But yeah. All right, so let's start with our first uh, our first weekly topic manic monday will why don't you uh, do your little intro are you gonna bring it up the banner there it is all right it's manic mondays <laughs> all right, okay so we're, we're gonna open up with, like oh uh, no <laughs> no it's fine i'm cool with it no no that's not <laughs> happening <laughs> for manic mondays uh we're gonna start off with our update on Jared situation. I'm not sure how yes. much you know about that, Elisha, but we really need to um, correct some of the information that was brought out in a previous episode. Um, okay, so basically, Pro Jared put a video out. He put, um, I'll, I'll bring it up real quick, just so people know what I'm talking about. Um, but he put it out, uh, and I actually subscribed to him after he put this video out, so I am a, a Pro Jared fanboy for a minute. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> okay. Um, it's called You've Been Lied To. And he hey. essentially put out a video with evidence proving <laughs> that none of the allegations against him were true. And that anything that was unproven or something he couldn't bring up is basically he said, she said. It's the people that accused him versus what he remembers, and it's basically him versus them. And they've deleted their Twitter accounts, they've basically done every bit of cleanup they could to kind of get rid of any evidence of what they said. So, essentially, they're looking guilty versus him who's come out and said, look, if I did it, I apologize, but none of this even makes sense. So, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they're all gone, so. Right. (laughs) Essentially, he's innocent. Which, yeah, you know, um, it's weird because I actually kind of... But I, I watched him a lot, like before all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like, okay, I, you know, I, I'll admit, like that. I was kind of like, you know, we're all drama hungry, right? Sometimes so I was like, <laughs> yes. we were all. Let's admit it, we were all kind of like looking at, you know, when, when they still had sub counts, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it was kind of interesting because I watched the video again today, and it was just really. It was a different take. Uh, I think maybe the reason why people were kind of suspicious at first was because he literally was radio silent for about, I want to say, two months or a few months. Literally just like a few months. It was closer to six. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So he he, he had the lawyers involved. That's why he couldn't talk. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make sure that anything he said was uh, essentially legally okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good. So finish your thought. Uh, yeah, no, because I was also, like, kind of, you know, we were comparing, I think, a friend of mine, uh, we were comparing him to, like, the James Charles situation, which I know is not gaming-related, but mm-hmm. where it was about... He played Minecraft with PewDiePie, of course it's gaming-related. Oh, okay, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's kind of like where he was, he was still kind of silent for about a couple weeks, and then he kind of had all the receipts, had all the stuff, and then so... The people involved are trying to cue some kind of just died down and were just kind of like mm-hmm. kind of sad. They, they had egg on the face basically. So I was thinking like, how come Proger didn't do that? And I understand like the whole legal thing, but that's kind of also why people have the air of suspicion. I would assume that's that's kind of my opinion on that. On the other hand, uh, his subreddit was invaded by Scott the Waz. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was <laughs> not so that family was friendly. Not so family friendly there. Um, <laughs> We try to keep this pretty family friendly, so we'll see. Right. We'll see what I do with that part of the video. Um, <laughs> anyway, so essentially, he's 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 still weird <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. He's still kind of a weird dude, but I still think he's kind of a creepy dude. I you know I've watched yeah. this video, and yeah, he didn't do anything illegal, <laughs> but but it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Call me a prude, but like there, there's like some stuff, you know, some things that he says in his older videos that you know you got the clips of you know people with the clips and everything where he's like, oh, let's do a sexual thing, and I'm like, dude, what are you trying to do, right? So you're not mm-hmm. you're not putting yourself in a favorable light when you're trying to dispel the rumors that like you've been doing stuff. Like I I see on the screen like the whole you know the whole person they were chai and everything. I was like, okay, right, right, right. but yeah. Right. It was questionable ethics, but certainly not against the law. Right. And certainly yeah. was backing himself up on the fact that these people should have been of the correct age to be participating in this. That's true. So. And I mean, and I, I, I understand. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, this is all through Skype, right? Yeah. Not Skype, I mean Snapchat? No, uh, he also had a Tumblr. I think it was called... Okay. S- Sinjir, that's what the Tumblr was. Okay, never mind. Well, I was going to say, for Snapchat, I think you actually have to say that you're 18 to use it, don't you? Nope, I think it's 13 only. Snapchat oh, is mind. and above, but it has. It says that you are essentially saying, I have my parents' consent to participate. Yeah, okay. But either way, he was running a Snapchat alongside the Tumblr, so that, that, that did exist. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so this looks like some kind of legal document he had, um... And look, it says always check the age of the people in this document. Always, always check the age of the people he's talking to. So, mm-hmm. okay, there's that. Um, I'm done with Pro Jared now. We've we've corrected our mistake. Okay, um, and I uh, I don't know if you watched like he's doing it. He did an update video I think recently saying like what he's gonna do going, moving forward. So I'm I, I'm still interested in seeing what he has planned because he does have some like fun stuff, right? But at the same time, like, going forward, it's going to be that kind of odd air to him. I don't know if you remember Philip Mewson from a long time ago when he plagiarized at Dead Cells Review. Yeah, but, that's bad. But basically, like, literally every single time he tried doing stuff, it was and there was always a comment, like, oh, stop copying off someone else's work. Mm. Stop doing And it's still it's still happening, but, I mean, now it's okay, right? So mm-hmm. that, 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 that's just where I am with that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that, that was a pretty messed up situation when the guy <laughs> word for word copied. Yeah, right. It was like, really? <laughs> but I'm ready, I'm ready to move on from the controversy and on to some good news that Will wanted to yes. talk about. So, yes, um, I'm, I'm going to give a brief introduction to this, if you don't mind, Will. Um, I do mind, but continue. 
So essentially, Microsoft is beginning public trials of xCloud. Uh, starting, actually, uh, should be this week, right? October, or maybe yep. maybe a week It's after. sometime in October. I'm not totally certain they gave us all a date on that. But here's some quick brief overview. It's going to be powered by the Azure data center, specifically designed servers built from Xbox components. They are exclusively partnering with T-Mobile, whatever that means. Um, but it's not going to affect people that want to use other services with it. Um, but you have to have an Android. That I didn't know. Yep, you have to have an Android device. Um, that makes sense. Android's a little looser on beta testing. Um, and then a couple things we're going to discuss is what we think it will stack up to uh, Google Stadia, like what, what kind of a um, kind of service it'll be versus Stadia. We're going to talk about um, will it be as good as Microsoft's advertising it to be, and what does it mean for the future of Xbox consoles. All right, well, you go ahead. Give us your take. All right. So my take on this is, if it's everything that Microsoft promises, it's going to be freaking awesome. So it's basically a service on top of the Xbox and the next generation Xbox. So the way it's being described as is not a replacement, but an addition. So if you already have the Xbox One and Xbox One X like I have now, you, that's actually going to be like an antenna essentially. So you can actually stream from your Xbox. Um, and it, I, I, don't, I think it's free if, you, uh, if you're doing it at home. So, you know, just how you stream your games to your uh, Vita, the same idea. So whatever's on your Xbox or whatever like, you have digitally uh, downloaded or from Game Pass, you can stream via your Xbox One to any room in the house to your phone or tablet or computer or whatever. Probably Switch at some point. Um, that's, I know they're trying to get it on Switch. Um, and then when you're traveling is, is when you actually use those Azure uh, components. Um, and I, don't, I think it's going to be a lot cooler than Google Stadia because Google Stadia, that's all it is, is streaming. And they're already releasing some of the information on the bandwidth, and most people are not going to be able to handle that. So if you're into, like, COD or something like that and you're playing for hours at a time, you're going to hit your maximum bandwidth and, like, the amount of um, data within a couple hours. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen with the with the um, Xbox Cloud, or at least that's, they haven't talked about it. Is and Google's Stadia data limited, and I didn't know about this? It will hit. No, it, it itself is not, but people's plans are. Oh, okay, okay. Keep going. So it'll hit, it'll hit that one terabyte limit really quickly. So the, people have run the numbers on it, and it only will take a couple hours for a couple days. It's, it's ridiculous how quick it's going to happen. Unless you're in, like, a Google city. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. One terabyte of data streamed over the network. Just they... look it up. I'm not making this up. I watched a couple of videos on it because I was I was blown away when this came out. I realize you're talking about the X Files, not Stadia, but Google Stadia <laughs> um, data cap limit issue. Let's just try that. Data caps will be an issue. Data caps. See, but here's what I'm thinking. Well, is unless Google is doing something extremely strange. There's no way you would ever hit a terabyte streaming in a month. Well, I mean, if that's what, you, if that's what your planet already has. So I'll just turn that number out. So I don't actually know what most people have. Uh, generally speaking, um, so I'm not sure how much you guys know about cell phone plans, but generally speaking, cell phone plans are um, soft capped if you have unlimited at about 23 gigs, which essentially means if you're in a high data traffic zone, um, like, let's say you're in Detroit, New York, Chicago, and everybody's trying mm -hmm. to use the Internet at the same time. 
you will be capped at a speed that allows everybody else not to be throttled. Yep. But unless you're below above that 23 gigabytes, which is kind of hard to get to, I'm going to be honest with you, um, you're not going to hit that. Unless you're, like, consistently streaming Netflix over a cell phone signal or, like, if you're consistently streaming Google Stadia, I guess. But even that should take you an awful long time to get there. Yeah, but, and you also don't own any of the games. It's a subscription service. I, I don't think they've released a pricing for the xCloud yet. No, they haven't. I thought it was supposed to be free with Xbox Live, though. I think it's free for sure if you're just using it at home. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that like that right there is going to be better because you own the games already and you don't pay extra for it. See, see, 65 hours, I could believe that. I could believe 65 hours. But who has time to play 65 hours worth of games per month? Right? I mean, here's the thing. If you think about it, you play... If you if you were to play like four hours a day, you know that's literally that's 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 it, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So for me, I I play and I don't play that online that often, but Google Stadia is all online, so it's all streaming. But with Netflix, it would take you about eighty hours to hit your limit. So I, I guess that's believable. I thought you were trying to tell me you got six hours and you're done. Well, I was like, no way. Well, I, I was exaggerating, <laughs> as I tend to do. But yeah, the idea is that people who I feel like this is actually would be attractive to hardcore people. Yeah, those people are, are going to get screwed on this. <laughs> and <there's laughs> and no way they're going to hit the cap. There's no way anybody would be doing. And then besides that, like one terabyte, my provider doesn't actually have that that cap, so I'm okay, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, See, we're we're thinking too, like in other countries as well, right? Because I'm, I'm assuming yeah. Google State is going to do worldwide launch. Nope. And oh, they're not. No, it's a U.S. only launch initially. Is my okay. maybe European, but essentially it's just like extremely developed countries that have Wi-Fi uh, that's pretty good, and probably Japan. I would assume Japan, but essentially the three main areas that you you have to be able to get your hands on a launch Stadia console. So I guess maybe if you bought one, you could right. get But essentially, it's limited to the countries that actually could get their hands on one. And then okay. the, ga- the gaming rights, remember, the distributors are going to be limited by licensing. So it depends on how they set that up. Like COD, obviously, um, is easy to negotiate with in the U.S., but in, like, China? Right. <laughs> or uh, any of those other various countries, like Russia even, probably would be more difficult to negotiate with in the U.S. as far as how that would work. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So, what do you guys think about X Club? I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Like cautiously optimistic. If it's what they say it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a great addition to the Xbox One or Xbox Two or whatever. Um. Okay. So, firstly, I think this has a better proposition than Stadia because, like, every time I hear more Stadia news, I always get less in you know less interested and less excited about it. Uh, mainly the fact that you know you have to buy you know, full price games. And literally the first things that are coming out, not exclusive, they're all multi-platform except for like two or three, mm-hmm. you know, smaller games. And it's just like, I don't know, I'd rather spend $60 to buy Doom Eternal on my PS4 yeah. rather than $60 on the Stadia, which I don't know if I'm going to keep it because I don't even have the game, right? Mm-hmm. At least with the PS4, if I have a disc version, even if a digital version, right, it's it's there. But like yeah. the Stadia, if, if it goes down, it goes down. <laughs> um 
And I also kind of want to compare it, and I feel like weird bringing another system into this, but like the Apple Arcade, where it's a different system entirely. It's just literally focused on small independent exclusives. Mm-hmm. And but like the whole selection is just really cool. They're just small titles for five dollars a month. Uh, and, yeah, you know, no, Oceanhorn Two is a big title. Okay, I don't realize no, how big Oceanhorn. Well, I think it's. I think it's still of a, an indie title, though. You it is. But yeah, Oceanhorn right. One was would be what I consider a small title. It's like Zelda Light. Whereas right. Oceanhorn Two is almost like half of Breath of the Wild size. It's, okay. it's a big as as far as they advertise it. It's supposed to be a very big, very involved game, and for them to get it exclusively on Apple Arcade, I can't believe they got it because it will sell very well if it's all by itself. Oceanhorn right. One sold millions of copies, but anyway, right. completely off topic. Um, no, it's, it's... <laughs> it, whenever is there more that you wanted to say, Elisha? Oh yeah, no. So basically, I'm thinking like if XCloud can can work with like exclusivity because you know they got Microsoft, so they have a lot of stuff going there. You know, if they have all the Game Pass stuff coming in, mm-hmm. that's perfect. It's 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 a it's a sure hit. Um, as for like the whole, you know, using it on your in your room and stuff, I feel like I'd rather I'd much rather you know use it more outside of my house, kind of yeah. like how I have like PSV to remote play. I can use that. It is sufficiently fast connection, like you know, either at a place that has really fast Wi-Fi, um, rather than just my house. Whereas, like, I don't know how they're going to be doing that outside. So, so but I'm just, I'm excited, uh, cautiously optimistic compared to the state at which I'm like it's dead in the water. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, something cool. Just, just one more tidbit. Sorry, yep, go ahead. is that they mentioned in an interview Phil Phil Spencer did is that people's Xboxes can actually work as the local hubs. Mm-hmm. Um, to like other people can stream from people's Xboxes. So that, that can be like the bounce off point for people around you, and in your neighborhood, and that they'll okay. actually pay you to do that. Maybe they, oh, okay. they, maybe they just give you XCloud for free if you allow that. that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I don't exactly know how that works. I'm not. I don't, I don't exactly understand how the technology would work. But I mean, that's cool. <laughs> so Google, Google does that for their. If I remember reading this correctly, and it really creeped me out, Google Fi uses something similar to that, where they piggyback off of people's Wi-Fi um, without you necessarily knowing it, because they have it in their terms and service for the Chrome browser. I think, if I remember correctly, so they can ping their cell phones, and it's encrypted. Google's very good at their encryption, so nothing to worry about privacy-wise. But um, any Wi-Fi that's less than encrypted can be. Used by Google Fi. If I remember, I'm not, I might have to cut this out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I thought you should know that. Okay, interesting. They're absorbing um, all of our data anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, so here's what I what I was my take on Xbox. I'm gonna be very quick and very brief. Um, I think the Xbox X Cloud will kill anything Google Stadia is doing. I think I think Microsoft has a far better game plan. I think they have a better set of exclusive titles. <laughs> I think they have a better system setup, and their controller is way better from every review I've seen. Mm-hmm. It will be probably slightly less good than what it's being advertised as, um, but not much. I, I can say I've remotely used an Xbox before with a phone, with a independent studios app, and I have to imagine Microsoft will do a much better job. PS4 does a good job, and they don't have the backing of Azure data centers, and my Vita and my phone have done a great job streaming anything my PS4 has in it. I do think that the Apple Arcade is a much better offering than Google Stadia, but I think mm-hmm. that the xCloud, depending on price, will be a better offer even than that. But for anybody who's casually gaming on a phone, perfect thing is Apple Arcade. Just It's so easy to say, I will justify five bucks a month to play these games. 
especially with games like Shantae and Oceanhorn 2. Those two games alone are worth five bucks a month. And you can cancel your subscription once you beat them. You know, whatever. So, right. in my opinion, um, the Microsoft uh, offering will be far better than Stadia. It's better than what Sony's got right now. And uh, unless Sony or Google or um, somebody else can prove to me that their offering's better, I think xCloud's the best of the offered platforms currently. But I haven't seen it, I haven't played it, I don't know, 100%. But based on what I've read, it has to be the best currently. So yeah, I agree. All right. We'll call that a wrap for Manic Monday. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Elisha, Saber's best girl. <laughs> and we will see you on the next Curlcast. myself a little bit so i uh, am the news editor at gaming trend it's a small site and you can follow me on there or catamarize forever on twitter it's, all right okay it's tuber tuesday brought to you by the Krillcast. <laughs> um we're gonna talk about john tron can't talk about john tron without at least exploring some of his controversies but we're gonna start with a little brief overview he's got currently about 5.68 million subs at the time of this video He's done video game content, but also reality TV, fake shows, and all kinds of other various things about Flex Tape, which got over 45 million views. Um, and uh, I have to say, he's one of the few YouTubers that has consistently changed his formula over the years to maintain a highly entertaining and interesting video uh, format. So, um, why don't we start with Elisha's take on JonTron? Okay, I think JonTron's really funny. <laughs> um, it's... I don't know. It's uh, I'll, I'll watch some of his videos just on and off. Like I'll, I'll watch them again, and it's it's. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, but like basically, he's he's like one of those evergreen memes where you can just use a John Tron GIF or like a video, and people will understand it. <laughs> Even if you haven't watched the episode, you'll get the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like his new stuff. Ever since I don't know, ever since ever since the controversy, I've actually been keeping an eye on him. Just because, like, the stuff that he was getting accused of um, back, I think, 2016, he got off ukulele, and then he was still in Hat in Time. I was just like, what's, what's what's up with this guy? Is he actually really bad? And I checked all of his stuff out, I'm like, this is actually really kind of cool. Um, it, his musical talents are okay, pretty good. I firework. <laughs> you know, oh, my gosh. I watched it yesterday again. It was, it was classic. Oh, and then God. also his... His Shmoyoho stuff, too. Oh, my goodness. It's the best. The Titanic review? Nice. <laughs> he just does, like, such weird niche things. Like, let's do Regis Philbin's epic workout. Or... Right. But, and then, uh, yeah. And then he's, like, a game jam, too. I think, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that a game jam. And then that Goop one I just watched a couple days ago. That's just very... 
weird but cool. It's not gaming related, but it's just it's fun to look at. <laughs> Workplace safety is quite hilarious too. <laughs> but uh, flex tape, forty six million views. I remember the reason I, I found out about this video because I, I didn't get on the hype train with the flex tape, but I've been watching John Chen for a long time. And I stopped watching him for a little while. I even though I subscribed, he hadn't updated a video in like over, God, it was like 11 months or something before he finally did his next video after, I think it was after this one, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I saw it in a PewDiePie video. He goes, so JonTron did a video and he got like 25 million views. Why can't <laughs> I get that many views? And that was before he did his Minecraft series, of course, and it was after his controversy. <laughs> but... Uh, I, looked, I went over and I looked at it, I was like, oh my god, this is hilarious. This is awesome. Because <laughs> you just... Do you want to... Just like flex tape, like, whatever. <laughs> right. Do you want to sequel to that, though? That's I great. Did, I did flex tape, too, the flexing. He did, like, a background <laughs> about how he, like, went off the went off the, um, went off the wagon, I'm going to say. And, like, <laughs> they did a video, and then they jokingly showed, this is what the video was. And it was, like, a minute of him just doing something, and then it was over. It's like... <laughs> okay. I, I, we'll pull it up. We'll probably get flagged down for this, but I'll just show it. All right. Just just mute it, I guess, because I know that it's, it's kind of spicy, so some parts. <laughs> just this part. Oh, okay. This is, like, the joke of what they actually made. Like, this is the, the clip. Flex tape to the flexing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was the joke. They just spent like months, like eight months producing it, and then at the end of this, you hit, they all sit there and they're like, wow, I think this is too edgy, we should remake it. <laughs> you just see the reaction. But So just so people understand, the controversy with JonTron, and I'm not sure everybody knows about this, but there was a, uh, and I'm sure JonTron would be mad if he heard me talking about it, cause, so I apologize, JonTron, if you ever watch our video, which you probably never will, but... I apologize ahead of time. He did a debate, and he wasn't prepared for it with a guy, a very kind of um, device controversial, divisive, <laughs> controversial streamer called Destiny. And he didn't. He literally sounded like he didn't prepare at all. He was just going to wing it. And mm -hmm. Destiny kind of trapped him in some conversations where it was just not a good look for JonTron. Said some things that were less than um, less than civil or maybe that's not the right word uh less than less than milk toast let's put it that way if you don't understand something it's better to keep it kind of milk toast like yeah whatever you know like cool dude i'm glad you know about these things but i'm not really prepared for this like it's cool to, like joe rogan joe rogan keeps most things kind of milk toast like i'm gonna talk to everybody and be nice to everybody i want to hear opinions i want to kind of talk about their opinions but I'm not going to say anything that's so divisive that people won't watch my program anymore. Right. Like, he keeps his viewers uh, in the in the conversation where he's just kind of a mediator for other people to talk. Right. So I think Joe Rogan does a very good job, and I think that uh, maybe John Tron would have learned a lot by watching him for a little while before he went on his <laughs> debate with Destiny, where he just said some things that were kind of off the wall, and Destiny did him no favors. Right. So that that's the controversy, and uh, moving on from that, I think he's done a really good job of avoiding getting back into the limelight for controversy <laughs> by just releasing a video once in a while. Right. <laughs> so following that, um, and I'm not sure how much you guys know about this, but 
Scott the Wise um, <laughs> subreddit takeovers. Oh, that was always that was a fun one. I like that one. So I remember it was on. There's like a Scott the Wise wiki. Here it is. So he took over, um, and he actually took over Pro Jared's for a minute too. But the first one he did was JonTron, and uh, essentially JonTron um, went more than nine months on hiatus. And they, so they joked that Scott the Waz was going to officially take over the JonTron sub <laughs> if he didn't release a video after nine months. And they actually um, time linked it to here where, and I'm going to put the caption on real quick. Give me a second, so we can read it. There it is. All right. We'll go back about a couple seconds here. I'm back. <laughs> I, I love this part of the video, all right? Because he goes in and he's like, guys, guys, come on. So, yeah. So you guys can see, he's like, I've actually gone so long. <laughs> Welcome to the official Scott There Was subreddit. <laughs> oh, Scott man. Has literally owned the subreddit for, like, months. I feel like you should own every inactive, you know, YouTuber. Because I mean, he did it with um, he did it with Pro Jared, but after that whole situation, he was like, "Guys, don't do it." I remember that he he specifically said, "Don't." Right. Um, but yeah, with about John... Etika more so than because oh yeah, Etika's situation was messed up. Okay. And, and he so they they did it to Etika's subreddit, and they did it at the wrong time because shortly yeah. after that was all the bad things that happened with Etika. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough for another day though. Yes, we yeah. have about Etika today. That's rest in next peace. week. No, no, no. Rest in peace, Etika. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Etika. Probably ever. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so the joke was that they took over the John Tran subreddit. And then he says in the video, he goes, um, Scott the Was, that's some kind of terminal disease or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it just cracked me up. It gave me a great idea for my own independent video I might do later. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> but anyways uh, so John Tron like I said we've already talked a lot about him but he did a lot of good independent content like this goop one tier list the tier list was literally about architecture I was like how do you come up with this right and these are like gaming related but they're just so entertaining right the game I know PewDiePie right because like PewDiePie does you know a lot of did a lot of general stuff like a couple years ago and I feel like that's kind of related too I'm like this is actually pretty good right <laughs> I mean, okay, that's... <laughs> so, Just as I say, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> then you get Pizza the Hut over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, and what about you, Will? What's your uh, experience yeah, with John uh, Basically the same thing. Honestly, somehow I didn't know about the controversy, but I have watched his videos, and I find them entertaining, but just, like, they're just so random. <laughs> yeah, they totally so, are. I mean honestly it rarely ever shows up in my uh like suggested feed i have to look look them up so every once in a while i'm like oh i, I haven't seen one of his videos in a while so i'll go and, and look them up but it never actually shows up in my feed i don't think youtube likes them <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um uh like i don't know how you feel about him elisha but steven crowder constantly gets pushed down the list i think john has got a similar treatment <laughs> He's basically constantly put down bottom of the list unless you specifically look for him and subscribe mm -hmm. right is there anything specific you guys want me to look up about John Tron on here any specific clip we want to put on here to show people just do the firework one because that one's like <laughs> that one's really good because it was like an all artist co uh, collaboration oh I love with, it uh, it was great I just loved it <laughs> 
I think you should play the audio, but like, just, just me mute it. <laughs> I, I've, got the, I've got it muted. We okay. probably won't put the audio in, but <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So yeah, I and it got me interested. Well. In a, right, it got me interested in a lot of the animators too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they did a good job for Jontron. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you guys haven't heard of Jontron, which I don't know how you couldn't have heard of Jontron if you're watching <laughs> us, but. <laughs> Check him out. You know, give him a chance. He's got like five and a half million viewers. Uh, five mm-hmm. five point seven three actually. So we're behind on my notes I have on this video. So <laughs> he's coming closer and closer to six million subscribers. Yeah. He's got several videos with over twenty million views. Just a fantastic YouTube artist, avoiding controversy at this point in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Check him out. Check out John Tron. He's <laughs> a pretty chill dude too So like you know He's on Twitter I guess also So Yeah follow him on there mm-hmm. Alright we're gonna call that good for Tuber Tuesday I'm Chris And I'm Will I'm Elisha Saber's best girl <laughs> And we will see you On uh, next Curlcast I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Elisha. So I guess I have to introduce myself a little bit. So I uh, am the news editor at Gaming Trend. It's a small site. And you can follow me on there or Catamaries Forever on Twitter. That's wild, Kyle, Wednesdays. That's much better. <laughs> All right. Um, so this, this topic is uh, kind of close to Elisha's heart over there. We're going to say... Uh, He's probably the most knowledgeable of the three of us on this, although I know a little bit. Um, it's a game series called Katamari uh, Damacy, right? I pronounced that right? Yeah, you can say Katamari Damacy or Katamari Damashi. It doesn't Damashi. really matter. Damashi or she, si, it doesn't really matter. I'm not a Japanese guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Filipino, but it was whatever. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, the series right here, uh, when did it first come out? Was it PS2? So, yeah, PS2 came out in 2004. I believe both in Japan and America, just like a few months away. Uh, basically, it's a story about a little prince of all cosmos has to like pick it up, pick up like the slack after his dad, the king of all cosmos. In the Japanese version, he gets drunk and like you know goes on a party and destroys all the stars. <laughs> but in, in in the US, it just he just destroys the stars for some reason. Um, yeah, it's it, it was, it's just crazy from there, and then it just keeps getting crazier. You roll up stuff, you know, at first you're like a little, you know, ball in a house, and you roll up things like mice and like thumbtacks, and then eventually you'll go to like cats and like chairs, and eventually people, and then countries. It just, it gets really crazy. <laughs> um, the original one was actually kind of like a cult classic. It was actually the reason I bought a PS2 when I was a kid in like 2005. <laughs> it doesn't say it doesn't say me that's when I got a PS2 I thought something. this game was really expensive but I guess it's not oh maybe it is <laughs> no no it, well here's the thing okay so it really wasn't it was only 20 bucks when it first came out because it was like hey uh, 
uh, it's really cheap. And I remember that being a cheap price. But then the thing is, they they undersold it. So I think in the Wikipedia article, it said like more than a hundred thousand or something, which isn't too like you know you think it's small, but for like an in, I would say like a, it was an indie game at the point or a small Bandai Namco game. And it was just like, boom, it exploded. Everyone loved it. <laughs> so it was really expensive for a time. I bought it, I think, in 2008. Like, I borrowed it a while back, but then I like, bought it, like, 2008, back when it was still, like, 20 bucks. But it used to be, you know, it would go for, like, double price just because of the whole, uh, you know, short print run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, it's been, you know, re-released on PS3. Uh, there's a remake on on the Switch and PC. So if you want to try it out, Katamari Damashi re-roll is a really it's worth it's worth your time i'll just say that 30 okay. bucks but it's worth it <laughs> so it looks like just to verify what you said it looks like 120 20, units were sold in north america back in yep. the time it came out yeah and then it says um apparently a lot of people have ranked it as one of the top games ever made so that's interesting oh, wow. i've never played it um, yeah it's, a, it's weird because, like, yeah, I'll see them in, like, best of, you know, lists where they'll say, oh, it's like a quirky little puzzle game. And I can see that. Like, it is, it, it really is kind of one of those influential Japanese sort of things where it's like, if you think of Japanese games that are, like, anime, like, visual novels or stuff, you'll think of, like, how to write Damashi, that's it. Um, it's very, it, like, campy in terms of, you know, how it's, like, colored, how... Uh, it's all like blocky graphics but it really holds up uh, I, I played the original that was like re-released on the PS3 I think a few years or maybe like last year again it still looks pretty nice <laughs> I must say um, as for the actual you know like the people that made the game Keita Takahashi he quit working on it after the second game so the sequel came out in I believe I want to say 2005 2006 we love Katamari, which is my all-time favorite game, um, just for reference. So he was that was his last project, and since then the series has kind of gone like to a weird dry spell, I guess. Hasn't been as innovative as it could be. Um, be uh, Beautiful Katamari, which is a 360 one that came out like I think a couple years after We Love Katamari, did have the same magic and also had like a DLC thing where you know you bought DLC but it wasn't actual DLC; it was like a key. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And then Katamari Forever came out in uh, 2009. And that was kind of like a compilation of the first three main games. So, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of little side projects, mobile games. And they remade uh, Katamari Damashi, the first one, on Switch and you know, PC last December. So it's 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 still there. <laughs> so this, the video feed we're looking at right here, is this like legit gameplay? Yes. <laughs> You're basically rolling a ball, and this is uh, Jack Sapto guy doing this. I like his accent when he does this. But, um, yeah, you're basically rolling a ball, and the thing is you can't get smaller things until you, or you can't get bigger things until you pick up smaller things. So Ooh, I believe... there for a second. Can you get yep. stuck? You can, but it's easy to get out at the oh, cost okay, of okay. stuffing your ball coming out. Gotcha. It's fun, it's fun trying to describe this to people without, like, them freaking so, out. You're just trying to make the ball bigger? Yes, that's basically it. So I believe he already has it done, but I think it's 200 centimeters here, or two meters. I can't I can't read it from his like overlay. But some, you know, these in this game, like some stages have a size requirement, whereas other stages, like you'd have to collect a certain object, like because it's constellations. So for example, I think Cygnus, which is like that constellation of like a duck, I think you you get like geese or 
I think swan, geese are swans. Um, Gemini is twins, so you like pick up twins. It's it's like the weirdest thing. Cancer is crabs, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it looks um, interesting. Well, I mean, what do you think looking at this right now, Will? Well, I mean, at first I was like, is this rolling the ball around? But I get the, I get the idea of like the quirky puzzling because you know you're looking rolling around looking for those smaller pieces to get you know get those bigger pieces and grow the ball i think it's, it'll be hard to tell just from gameplay if i would like this or not it's yeah it's one of those games where like i can actually literally give someone a control i'll be like just play this and then they'll you'll be you'll especially in like some of the mid stages where you roll up people okay. like this is like <laughs> this is a cutscene. it's basically like a family is trying to like the dad's an astronaut and the kids are like looking at what you know the stars being gone so just, so basically it's like a, a story that's happening parallel to um, what you're doing but yeah so it's one of those games where I can just give someone a controller it doesn't matter like you know my mom or someone who doesn't play games and be like just just do this they'll play it for like a few minutes start laughing and they'll be like oh I actually do like this game and yeah it's it's really simple <laughs> I'll just say that I feel like this is like a pick up and play kind of game like anybody yep. can pick it up and try it yep um, it is rather short I believe I want to say yeah, I believe it's like around three-ish hours, three or four, for like if you were to play the whole thing, just like run through it. Um, not too big, but there's a lot of replay value. A lot of high, it's a very high score type game if you're into that. <laughs> cool. So uh, you mind if we move on to our second? Uh, this is Katamari Damacy presented by the Grillcast with Elisha guest starring. Um, you want to move on to our next topic? Totally. Yeah. So, Elijah, you're probably one of the best people I know to talk about this with, but um, the current state of jam- jamming, gaming journalism. Um, so the first question is, uh, what would you say it's like being a gaming journalist? Okay, so uh, kind of what, maybe I should go into my background a little bit. Sure. So, you know, I have a day job as redacted. <laughs> as sometimes, <laughs> But, like, I do like, I do love writing. Like, that's, that's kind of a big thing of my, you know, my, my side passions and stuff. I, I did a lot of, you know, novel stuff, proofreading, all that fun stuff. Um, I decided to pick up, I believe it was called Examiner. It was like this old site that you can't look at it anymore, but because um, it shut down. What was, and the, what was the site again? I'm going to look it up again. It's called examiner.com or no, something. No, no, it's your current one. Oh, oh, Gaming Trend, sorry. Gaming Trend. Yeah. So basically, like, after that other site, like, closed down, I was randomly looking at stuff. Because I, I think I interviewed a couple people before the, sh- the site shut down. Um, I for, like, it was the people from Runbo. I don't know if you know 1380. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I interviewed him. Um, Dave, I, man, I forgot his name. Dave. Save something <laughs> and it, i was like oh i should do this more and actually i wanted to go to e3 um i didn't like go because you know <laughs> i didn't really know what to do but that was kind of my goal and that's when the site shut down i was so sad but the thing is also like i was looking at ads and then i saw an ad for the psychology gaming friend i was interested emailed the guy and uh he was cool about it and yeah there i am now and about a year and a half later August 2017. Try to look at my bio. <laughs> uh, I decided I like got promoted to one of the news editors, my friend. So now, like, he's a new, he's a lead news news editor now, and I'm just like a news editor. But like, we still have basically the same job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I am right now. So anyways, gaming journalism. <laughs> Let's continue. Um, it's getting into that weird thing 
Um, I don't know how how deep I can talk about in specifics, but especially with like E3, I don't know if you know the state of E3 is now. Basically, it's they're, yeah, no. it's they're they're flocking away from it, especially with like the whole violence reports and all that other stuff. They're trying to make it more of a fan event, like you know, PAX or mm-hmm. you know those those types of conferences. But the thing with E3 it was meant to be like an exclusive. Um, kind of like gathering for for media types so when they opened the doors in 2017 i actually did go with like my friend and it was i wanted to go but then like i actually got really sick the week before so i had to cancel I, it sucked i hated it um but yeah and this is uh on the screen here is actually a q and a i did with john josh uh, fairhurst can't pronounce names today of limited run games so basically they were talking about the state of their publishing thing of Axiom Verge, basically a publisher kind of dishonored the deal of the developers, and that's kind of what happened. So, you know, it's a good thing, because Limited Run Games now has their first Wii release. I don't know if you bought it, but those are really hard to find. (laughs) I just debuted it on the last podcast. I'm sure, uh, not the last one, the one before that, I showed off my copy of it. But yeah, I did pick it up. I I actually specifically picked this one up because it actually does support the developer, unlike the previous release I bought thinking I supported the developer. Right. And that, that's, that's kind of how I feel about that too, you know, and everything. So it was really cool because like a lot of people are really actually open in terms of like devs and publishers. If for, for, for me, I just kind of have to loop in my editor in chief, but I really, you know, it's, I really am grateful for the opportunities they have. Like really just like email people and say, Hey, you want to conduct an interview? Do you want to do this? Meet up, whatever, like digitally. Um, I do like it. So it, it, so for gaming journalism, it's a lot of access, relationship type stuff, right? It's kind of like you do. I, I don't want to say it's like it's not like being f- like super friendly to the point where it's like buddy buddy. But at the same time, it's kind of like you cover more stuff, and the person will give you more stuff to get, right? Like for review codes and everything that we get. Like if we, the more the more you cover something, the more likely you are to get something to review or to get something to. It's just like look at right and i feel like some people are starting to see that as like oh you're, you're getting shilled right you're shilling you're getting paid off for reviews and uh, we always get like top the top reviews i don't i usually don't um review like the triple a titles it's usually other editors mm-hmm. but like if they give a game a high score um <laughs> i think one of the biggest i guess hot takes i guess is our editor and she gave order what was it order 1886 that ps4 title a 95 <laughs> give it a 95 heard, believe, it. I, believe it or not i've heard that game is actually pretty good but it's not yeah. for everyone so right. maybe it could just be the personal taste and that's one of the biggest problems i see right now it get, just if you don't mind me just jumping on what you were saying no problem. is when a fan reviews a game they're going to have bias right and a lot of times the people that want to review the games push to review that game and I think sometimes you got to take a step back and say, this might be a conflict of interest for me to review this mm-hmm. game. Right. And that might be that's part a, of the problem. That, that's true also, because, like, for example, um, and here's the thing, too, because, like, it also goes to, like, not just editors, but also our, our readers. I remember covering, I think it was, like, Guild Wars 2, just, like, a, like you know, press release. You basically just cite the press release, add some stuff in it, like, you know, the, a few paragraphs and stuff. And that's then you post. But the thing is, like, I don't really, that's all I know. I don't really know much about MMOs. So I just literally just posted the press release and cited. And then the person's like, oh, you didn't give us this, 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 this information. But, like, I didn't know 
you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm just covering the news. I'm not a fan of the series or the genre. I'm just letting you guys know that this is available or this is coming up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, there is some pushback when it comes to that sort of thing. But I, I think yeah. that's kind of unfair pushback. If you're, if you're not claiming it's a review and you're not claiming to know a lot about it, you're just saying, hey, I just want to let you guys know this is coming out. Right. And yeah. you, you've put that in the, the release, then I don't think anybody can fault you for that, whether they think they should or not. It, right. That's my take. Um, but that, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'd like to move on to the second question. And it kind of goes along right. with what we were saying, so it works pretty good. Um, I guess these questions can go hand in hand. Um, why do you think that gaming journalism has such a negative connotation nowadays? And on top of that, the YouTube creators, such as like the quartering, probably are not helping. And what, what's your take on those types of things? Okay, so I really no, I I like the, I do like gaming YouTubers. I listen to a lot of them and stuff, and I do understand that the problems that gaming journalism does have. Um, I'm not going to specifics or anything, but like I'll see a I'll see a, um, what do you call it an article i think it was like amiibos as butt plugs and i'm just like dude what what the heck like that was literally that's literally an article i don't know i don't think you should look that up i believe it's it's one of the bigger outlets i know that and i'm just like looking at this i'm like whoa this isn't it's a it's a good satire piece like put it on the hard times you know or um what do you call it ab club or the onion but i'm just like why would this be an this is an actual article that you you did you thought of that you put it on there just like okay whatever um a lot yeah so a lot of it is kind of goes into like the uh bias sort of thing as well it's like oh i'm biased towards this this thing like you know anti-corporation or something or anti-blank and i'm going to frame my review just on that specific thing right like um you know we all have beliefs we we all have you know different things we believe in different kind of like things you look at in a game right and we sometimes let that bleed over to a point where it affects the score it affects whatever right it's like because i I have a personal stake in this it's not a conflict of interest but it's like i have a personal stake therefore i'm going to view this negatively no matter what Mm -hmm. i um i don't know if you see like the far cry 5 controversy and stuff or even the far cry like new dawn stuff right you'll you'll see like like a weird hot take that's kind of you're looking at it just like what what's happening right or like you're reviewing, the, you're reviewing the ideology in the game that's not necessarily meant to drive the story, but it's there. Right, right. Or it's, it's not even there. And they yeah, want or they it to just be want there. it to be there. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> right. so you might make up a take based on your opinion of the game. Right. Not, not you specifically. I'm saying that journalists, I, I think no, no. it's hard to separate the journalist from the story when they've got a hot take. Like, um, like specific, just for example, I just saw this. Apparently, Kotaku rated um, video game porn on their website, and it was oh. front, front headline. They had to apologize for it because yeah. they included some images that were not savory for the audience. And NSOW. That was pretty bad. The corner covered that. I, I was like, I'm totally on board, dude. You're right. They should not do this. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, the thing is, like, I, the thing is, I don't think people mind if you have a a bias towards something but just like let it out instead of trying to disguise it like oh this is objective this is a thing um not, i right. do like right if, exactly if you have this hot take that's not about the game it's about your own personal beliefs yeah you should probably just say hey this is my bias now understand with a grain of salt this is my review right um yeah because like you know um there's a good 
it's like a small site. It's called, I think, uh, Christ Center Gamer or something. And they, you know, they're, they're Christian gamers and stuff. So they actually do have like two parts of the review where they actually talk about the game and its mechanics, but then they also have like a morality score where it's like their beliefs and how it kind of aligns with that. So it's like they separate both, you know, the art from whatever their beliefs are. So it's like a subjective versus objective sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you can reach their site right now just because like it's getting like attacked by bots and stuff. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it's What's it's really called uh, Christ Centered Gamer, I think. Um, yeah, so they're like a small side and everything, and like that I know a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people actually do appreciate them. Yeah, you can't reach it right now because it's it's getting like a, I don't know if it's getting a DDoS or something, but um, yeah, and they're very transparent about like what they do. Like whenever they get a donation or whenever you know like they have like a business offer, they'll they'll say you know we are getting paid by this this company. Like they're just saying they're very transparent, and that's also a negative connotation too, because you know you have to get sponsored by stuff. You have to keep the lights on right and how do you yeah, do that with sponsorships right. with ads but sometimes that turns into something like oh because you paid me i kind of need to like cover it more and it's you know I, i'm not i'm not accusing any outlets of doing that right but i'm just saying like that is a possibility that happens right yeah we need so. to just we need to disclose that elisha is repping five nights at freddy's right now no yep. <laughs> there you go i'm paid, I'm paid by scott Cawthon. oh speaking of which i actually did want to interview scott Cawthon. that's like my lifetime goal he doesn't do interviews oh really? I've, I've, no. I've literally like talked to him twice he's like i don't do interviews i'm like i appreciate that and then i wanted to talk with like the people that did the vr game because mm. they um they there was a different like studio that made it they didn't answer me but whatever <laughs> So I have to say that um, when, when you highlight a negative portion of a group of people uh, in, in general, like if you just take a small group of people that are kind of dissenters versus the group as a whole, similar to how people view gamers kind of negatively right now because of some of the journalism coverage that's occurred in the past. Um, right. I mean, you take just a couple bad examples, bad eggs in the journalism crowd, and you cover them on a consistent basis. I think it makes all of the journalists look bad. And that's just not the case. There's a lot of right. good journalism out there that's still occurring. Yeah. It's just the loudest and squeakiest cogs always get the oil. It's, right. It's always the case, no matter what job you work. Um, and when you work in a job where there's all this controversy, um, that negative connotation just seems to wrap itself around it. That's true. Like, for example, I feel like all the people that I work with at uh, Gaming Friend, they're all pretty cool people, right? <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that has, you know, really bad, a negative taste towards gamers or they're like, oh, we hate video games. And sometimes I feel like some of the worst people are like, oh, I, I just want to write because I have to write. Like, but I've, I know a lot I've of... I've making, like, a main journal, so I'm going to do gaming journalism and push my ideology. Right. Like, right, and then maybe like people I'm... like that. Maybe I'll get Senpai to notice me, kind of, and be like, yeah, there you go. It's like, but I know a lot of, a lot of games journalists are super passionate about their, you know, about their job, yeah. about what they do. And I, I do appreciate that, you know. Um, for every, again, for every Amiibo's butt plugs thing, we get, like, a Jason Schreier, like, expose on, uh, what do you call it, Brash Games, that whole uh, plagiarism site thing, which, uh, fun fact, our, our site was actually kind of involved with that, too, in terms of, like, getting affected by, you know, mm -hmm coaching writers like the, the the guy like emailed me he's like oh can you write for us and like you know we we had to talk about it with our 
editorial staff and stuff were like, don't, don't, don't listen to this guy because he's trouble. <laughs> right. So I know that was, that was is one of those guys is like 50, 50. Sometimes I appreciate his writing and sometimes I'm, I'm just not, not there with him, but he yeah. does, he does a decent job trying to defend his own people on his site. Um, yeah. But like I said, sometimes his hot takes are just like, what? <laughs> That's true. Really? And I mean, I get it. When You're not going to legit gaming journalism. I appreciate him. Right. That's my opinion of him. Okay. Yeah. That's like, that's a thing too. It's kind of like, I, you know, I might not agree with what you stand for or believe, but I, I do appreciate your work. I appreciate your art kind of right. Except for the art for the artist. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, I feel that way about, you know, actors and actresses all the time. Like, yeah. hey, I, I like your movie, but you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not biased at all in those, in those opinions, but you know, <laughs> right. Okay. You actually watched Captain Marvel and I did not. <laughs> I went and saw it. I didn't, I didn't particularly care for the movie, but I did still go and give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> right. But yeah, so um, is there anything you wanted to add about gaming journalism for a Wild Card Wednesday topic? Um, I think it actually is really cool to see uh, how, you know, how different it kind of is just to be, a, not to say passive, but just being, you know, just being a gamer and also being involved in kind of the process of, of making a game and stuff. Um, you know, I, I tried doing like freelance writing and everything for, you know, I wanted to, to write for a game. That's kind of also a thing I wanted to do. And I did have an opportunity to do it. Um, I don't think the writing was, ended up being used, but like the fact that I actually like wrote for it, it was kind of cool. So that's, there's that. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate like my time doing this because it really is a good experience, like just in general. And it's really fun just to see, you know, getting invited to events sometimes or even talking to people I wouldn't even imagine, you know, on my wildest dreams. Like, again, CEOs of uh, Living Run Games, they're a pretty good company. And I was, like, lucky to have, you know, a few words with them. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So if you want to just give us a quick closing line, like gaming journalism, you know, something. <laughs> I think... Um, if you guys want to like get into like writing for games, just do it, <laughs> right? Like start a blog, start something. Cause I know like, you know, even, even you guys are doing a great, a great job with your podcast, right? That's, that's a good start. <laughs> Maybe, you know, like, I don't know. I, I feel kind of honored to be like on the, on the show or on the podcast as well, but I know you guys have like the opportunity to like, to have more people on here that are bigger than me or bigger than other people. Right. <laughs> um, it'd be cool. And I think, a lot of people want to be like super popular and not it's not a big thing just what you want to do just cover what you what you're passionate about be be fair <laughs> don't be super like oh every, every game is 100 percent because i liked it <laughs> right um but yeah just just do what you want to do in terms of gaming and you, you should be fine can i just add one little line to that yeah no worries so you talked about our podcast being able to have whoever we want on and whatnot but the point of this podcast, and I just want to make sure this is clear, it's not to grow to be as big as, like, PewDiePie. It's not right. meant to be, like... What? It's meant to... <laughs> it's really meant to be an open conversational archive of us talking to our friends and our, our people we um, admire in the industry and just having a good conversation that other people can look at and say okay, yeah, I agree with that point, or no, I really hate your point. I'm going to comment and <laughs> say, right, right. say to you. But, <laughs> Understandable. It's an archived conversation of trends and things that we care about amongst friends. Okay. And now letting me swear. 
<laughs> not letting Will swear. Not letting Will swear. Yeah, unless, it's a Christian unless, Minecraft server. Unless we somehow got big enough that it wouldn't matter anymore about our jobs in the future. <laughs> True. <laughs> Monetize everything. At this point in time, um, yeah. I mean, we're just family-friendly, chill atmosphere, having a conversation for future people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, anyways, we appreciate your comments on Katamari Damacy and gaming journalism. So that's that's what we got for Wildcard Wednesday. Thank you for watching. Right. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Elisha, Saber's best girl. <laughs> and we will see you on the next Curlcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Elisha. So I guess I have to introduce myself a little bit. So I uh, am the news editor at Gaming Trend. It's a small site. And you can follow me on there or Catamaries Forever on Twitter. This is the Krillcast presenting Throwback Thursday. Today we're going to cover Pokemon Yellow. It was first released in 1998. Um, it was released in the U.S. in October 19th of 1999, which is why we're covering it in October of 2019, 20 years later. So, oh, nice. What was your first experience with Pokemon Yellow, Will? Uh, I sort of kind of stole it from my friend. Uh, he was, you know, I had, the, I had the Pokemon cards when I was five, and I never really got into them. And I had my friend come over, and he's saying, oh, have you ever played the Game Boy games? And I was like, I didn't even know they made these up for Game Boy. So he, like, showed it to me, and, you know, one thing led to another. It slipped into my pocket. I don't know how that happened. And I took it home, and I played it for, like, three weeks, and it was awesome. <laughs> so that was, that's the only uh, Pokemon game that I've played. And, I don't know, it was a style of game I was, I was just not used to at the you know, top-down graphics and going into people's houses and, you know, happening upon Pokemon. It was, it was addictive and very fun. I have to what say, about you guys? Uh, my first experience with my brother getting it and me being uber jealous having blue version, seeing him get all three Pokemon starters, and having a Pikachu follow him around, you know, being that I was like <laughs> seven. Yeah, I, I guess like, I didn't really? realize how, how uh, unique that was when I had it because, you know, I, I obviously had the cards and I also dabbled in the cartoon show. So Ash always had a Pikachu, so I just figured that was normal. <laughs> Oh, and the other reason we're covering it is because they just released the new version of Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu Edition. I did not know that that was a re-release of this game, so I thought this was like the Switch's version of Pokemon Go. No, I mean, it's kind of like they mixed the original Yellow with Pokemon Go mechanics. So, yes, it's kind of the same. Both are true. <laughs> okay. <Right. laughs> okay. But we're we're looking at the 20th anniversary of Pokemon Yellow. I mean, it had such an impact on... And Pokemon for the Game Boy had such an impact on the entire industry. I mean, they created... Not created, but they pioneered a whole industry of games. 
what would you say, Elijah? What was your ex first experience with Pokemon Yellow? Um, yeah, so actually Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Yellow, I think were the only gen, like, they were the only Pokemon games I had for a while. Because, like, we had that, you know, they, they had that, like, oh, Pokemon's evil sort of, you know, bandwagon. Oh, so, yeah, as, <laughs> so right after we got, like, Yellow and stuff, that was when we were, like, we were, it's like, don't, don't play Pokemon right now. So we kind of didn't really play Pokemon for a while. But I still have memories of Yellow. Um, and I think, like, in college, you know, like, my best friend uh, kind of got back into it. I was just like, oh, my gosh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Yellow is, is, yeah, interesting to me because it's kind of, like, I do remember spending a lot of time with my brother because, like, we used to play this, the game together. I do remember, like, playing that first gym with Brock, and it was super hard because mm -hmm. you don't really get a water starter. Nope. So it it is stacked against you. I mean, we were freaking out. I remember it was, like, super hyped when we, like, tried to defeat his Onyx. I was like, oh, my gosh. It, it was the best. It was, like, one of those, like, really intense feelings you see in a fighting game or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy Pokemon Yellow. Um, I kind of wish that I could revisit it again. Maybe I'll just get Pokemon Go or Let's Go because a lot of my friends have Let's Go. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, oh, it's whatever. <laughs> but, like, you know. I'm indifferent to the Pokemon series in a good way. I just oh, remember man. this oh, brings back so many memories. <laughs> I just remember it was so epic uh, getting the fly HM, and I could fly from one city. I didn't have to go through the cave. I didn't have to fight a bajillion trainers. I could go right to a Pokemon Center. Oh man, without blacking out because blacking out was right. the worst. It was like, oh man, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> but then, shortly after all of Pokemon Yellow. My brother and I, we got an N64 with Pokemon Stadium, and we plugged it into the Dodrio Tower, and we, we could literally play the games at, like, triple speed. And it made Pokemon Yellow go so fast. It was yeah epic, to say the least. And Pokemon Stadium, when you go from Pokemon Yellow to 3D, it was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was one of the coolest yeah. things ever. My go-to Pokemon was Doug Trio. Really? What about you, Elisha? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Like, just it, like just like Pokemon, like blue, red, yellow, or like in general. That's the idea. We're gonna stick to the Gen One. We can go to the Gen Two if you want after. Uh, nah, it's okay. I was like, I feel kind of normie saying Pikachu because I'm like, oh, it's Pikachu. Um, maybe I would probably go with Bulbasaur, just because okay. like Bulbasaur was our. <laughs> Wait, wrong choice or right choice? No, solid choice, I said. Oh, solid choice, okay. Because, like, I don't know, we'd always pick a lot of That's, oh, man. Uh, that's an abomination, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, that, that's his character model in Sword and Shield. <laughs> <laughs> they really upgraded the teeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's, that's probably why I'll bunch down. What about you, Will? Who's your favorite? Oh, man. Probably Charizard. There's, the thing is that Gen 1, there's actually quite a few that I really like. So I really like Charizard. I like the... I can't believe I can't remember the name. I know Magikarp is the... Oh, Gyarados. Gyarados. Yeah, there we go. Um, obviously Pikachu. Pikachu is awesome. Um, but in the Gyar game, Gyarados like I said, cool. I played, played with Doug Trio. That was my go-to. He was like unbeatable. I don't know if it was like a glitch or something, but it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that little guy. <laughs> yep, you're a little one. women, apparently. <laughs> the female Doug Trio? No, that's yeah. the uh, Alolan. You know, like the, what is it, Sun and Moon? Yeah, Sun and Moon. Um, like the, uh, the island ones. They have, like, different versions of the Pokemon. Oh, that's okay. Alolan. Uh, yeah, Alolan. I'm going to yeah. ignore <laughs> these couple here. 
<laughs> yeah, that might be a little bit delving into NSW territory. <laughs> so let's stay on safe search. <laughs> My favorite Pokemon by far was Alakazam. Oh yeah, oh, solid choice. Like, literally my like I like so aside from my starters, my entire Pokemon game consisted of me acquiring and training the psychics. Like I like <laughs> I like Hypno. I hated Drowsy, so I was like I regretted every time I catch a Drowsy. I'm like oh I gotta train this guy again. But then <laughs> Hypno was like one of my favorites. I managed to glitch and get Mew, so I was happy about that. I had. And my, my party consisted of like uh, maybe Blastoise or Charizard usually and then Mew Mewtwo, Hypno Alakazam and I think I used a ghost Pokemon to supplement the fact that there wasn't another psychic Pokemon to be had <laughs> <laughs> so it was either um, and I don't think I ever did I liked Ghastly quite a bit because Ghast I'm not Ghastly whoa <laughs> See Gassy Pokemon. <laughs> it's like a oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hunter. Hunter's the one I liked. I thought Hunter was so cool. Yeah, Hunter's cool too. Hunter, yeah. There are so many that are cool from oh, that Hunter, first generation. You're right, you're right. Haunter. Yeah. Hunter. Yeah, I was like, that's the... <laughs> There you go. It's the same thing. <laughs> same idea, whatever. Haunter We're gonna get... was the coolest one. This video is gonna get claimed by the game free company, guaranteed. Yeah, you... Hmm. Wait, you did you don't like Gengar? I just realized. Uh, you like I, I thought Gengar was kind of the lesser cool version of ha Haunter. I thought Haunter was the coolest. Like, if you look at them, you got, like, the, the ghost ball thing. And you got, like, the complete package here. But then there's, like, these hands. It's, like, Haunter's, like, coming together. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, that was so cool. What's the guy with the razor blade hands? Uh, Scyther. Oh, right, Scyther, yeah. yeah. He was hard to well, get on. Didn't the guy who created this, wasn't he an entomologist? I don't remember. And I think it's... I think this story was like uh, he was basing it off like actual creatures, so you yeah. might be right. Um, I also used to get uh, when I wasn't doing my psychic team. I like to have uh, Dragonite. Dragonite's cool. Oh, Mewtwo! How can I forget Mewtwo? <laughs> Mew, Mewtwo, Hypno, Alakazam. Maybe I did have. Oh, no, Mister Mime. Maybe. Oh, Mister Mime. That's the other one I did, because Mr. Mime would learn the psychic moves, I think, in the first gen. I don't Is this the blackface-looking one? No, that's, no, that's Jinx. That's Jinx. No. That's Jinx. <laughs> Mr. Mime. Because you can only get him by trading, if I remember correctly. And at least in the blue version. That's some weird Mr. Mime. This thing. one freaked me out. I never did this one. Oh, yeah. like the I'm looking at the Detective Pikachu renders right there. Oh, and then there's Ditto. Actually... Oh, that's... Adorbs. <laughs> Ditto is always cool too, because you could you could pair up Ditto with any Pokemon in the um, when they get added breeding in uh, yeah. second gen, and he would breed with anything. <laughs> oh man! Anything. I forgot about Espeon. That's Gen two. No. That's Gen two. Yeah. I mean Espeon. evolutions. And Espeon was my my added on one that I, I loved when I got Gen two. So I had Espeon was my last one, but that was only in Gen 2. So right. my, my evolution with Game, Game Boy was I went from Pokemon Blue to getting Pokemon Gold, where Feraligator was my favorite. And then I got Crystal version, because I thought it was going to be like Yellow, and you were going to get to like Pikachu and collect all the starters. And nope, <laughs> that's not what that was. It just gave you a front row seat to capture this guy. 
Suicune. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That was really the only added advantage of having Crystal version was you got Suicune for free. Nice. And they didn't even give you Entei or Raikou. It's like, but Entei and Raikou are so much cooler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed, honestly. Well, they, the elemental dogs, I mean, it's whatever. They're, they're all the same. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but then the legendaries for Gen 1 are just so cool. You got Zapdos. Yeah, Zapdos. Um, Articuno, which I always pronounced wrong when I was a kid. I, said, I think I said Arcticuno. Uno, dos, tres. And there is Moltres. Who's your favorite of the three legendaries from Gen 1? Mm, I want to say Articuno. <laughs> Just because, like, I, Ice was super overpowered, I believe, if last I checked. Ice and but, Psychic were both OP. I didn't know it at yeah. the time, but they were. <laughs> and then, of course, fighting types were horrible, like... Uh, Machamp is just like I mean he's cool looking but you never you never go to Machamp with Machamp to the Elite Four you'd be yep. totally destroyed mm. yeah also Pokemon Yellow was kind of like how where they fixed a lot of the bugs because there were if you, I don't know if you like went back to blue and red but they were super buggy back then um, the whole missing no thing I was only you could only, I think you don't get that in blue and red I think nope. they like oh okay Oh, you can actually do Pokemon in yellow? I yeah. think so. <laughs> Somebody caught it in Pokemon Go. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, I always liked it because it's like a little eye here and then a mouth here. I always thought that that's what that was. It's like, oh, man. Okay. And then you catch him and he'd be like 100, level 174 Ponyta or whatever. That's what, it always ended up being Ponyta for me for some reason. But, yeah. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to say about yellow? Because um, I want to wrap this up with what we think the uh, impact on the industry was with Pokemon Yellow. No, they were good. So, spanning from Pokemon Yellow, um, spanning from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, you have the most successful franchise ever. Pokemon is worth the most money, more than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, believe it or not. Like so, see top selling. I always get so confused the release of these games because they, they always come out with two versions at a time, and I understand it's like you get one. Like the difference is the legendary creature that you get, but it's confusing to me. When you look at the list of top selling franchises of all time, Pokemon number one, ninety five billion dollars. Oh, nice. And the crazy thing to me is licensed merchandise is the highest selling of all of them. Hmm. Not video games, not the card game, not the box office, not the manga sales, not home entertainment. Licensed <laughs> merchandise, number one. Hello Kitty, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey Mouse, Star Wars. Look, you got to go all the way down here to get to Star Wars, $65 billion. Marvel, 34 Mario, 36 Pokemon, almost a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's it's insane, man. So, yellow version, in my opinion, really spread this game way out for everybody. And now we have the top media franchise ever, <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> so, that's it for Throwback Thursday. I'm Chris, and I'm Will. 
I'm Elisha, Saber's best girl. <laughs> and we will see you on the next Grillcast. presented by the Krillcast, featuring me, Elisha. So what do we talk about on uh, Phantom Fridays, for those of those people that don't know? Uh, we talk about our latest pickups, what we're currently playing, and then at the end we'll each recommend one game for the audience. Alright, so why don't we start with uh, Elisha? Alright, so actually, I have a, we kind of like, a gaming trend, we cover a lot of stuff, so we'll do like comic slash manga and also board games and everything so i guess maybe like three recent things that i picked up <laughs> or one of them is not really recent but i've like picked it up again from buying it so anyways um first of all is a weird title called real fishing uh oh, yeah. road trip adventure <laughs> it's uh i don't know if you like know like natsume which is the harvestman people but they made this game called, I think, I believe it's called, just called Real Fishing in the series. It's kind of just a, basically a fishing sim, but it's kind of like a visual novel. So think of, like, the Persona 4 minigame. You know, like, where you're fishing? Like, yeah, like that social link. It's like that, but a little more in-depth, I guess, with what it is. It's only, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have, like, social links, and you have, like, three people you can, like, talk with. Um, it's kind of like considering the, 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 the matter it's only like 30 bucks I mean it's not too bad I picked it up just because like I don't think I've got review code for it and I actually did want to try it out so I was like okay um, second thing I'd like to plug Batman White Knight I picked this up actually like last year but I started reading it just now uh, basically it's kind of a Sean Gordon Murphy or yeah I think Sean Murphy wrote this and basically it's kind of like the Joker became sane after he took some pills and Batman is kind of like not the best person, so it's a deconstructing. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a deconstruction of the Batman and Joker relationship, yeah. kind of like the platonic sort of. Well, I don't know if it's platonic, but like Joker's obsession with with being a rival with him, and Batman how he's not all you know. What he does is kind of like it's legal but unethical sort of things <laughs> and then you also have the there's also kind of a two splits with two Harleys there's one Harley that's like really good for him and there's another one that's based off like the Suicide Squad Harley that okay. is that becomes like a Neo Joker when the Joker becomes sane mm -hmm. so interesting that sounds really cool I like the Batman comic so yeah so it was a, it was like a I think it's an eight or nine issue miniseries that got collected into trade so I, I do I'm reading it right now it's it's really good <laughs> so would you and say that Batman that the contrast between Batman would be similar to Batman from the Dark Knight versus Batman versus Superman Batman 
Um, because he I would throws say, all care out the window of what he destroys in the process of Batman versus Superman. Right. But the thing is, like, everyone's calling him out on it. So he, I think oh, there's okay. there's Nightwing and there's also Batgirl. Like, basically, it's like the three of them plus uh, Commissioner Gordon. And they're kind of acting like a leash to him. Like, Batman, you're destroying the city. And then, like, the Joker is the same person. I believe his name was Jack in it. Um, he kind of finds, like, a loophole. Like, they have this, like, Batman disaster fund that was kind of, like, money laundering from another fund itself. <laughs> so it's like, why are you spending a million dollars on, like, roads, but the roads are terrible? It's the Batman fund, right? Like, oh, Batman okay. Rescue Fund to recoup damages. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's really it's a really interesting story. Um, I, I'm excited to see how it ends. <laughs> and then last, last pickup is, I like Kickstarter. Kickstarter is great. I picked up this game called Bulk. It's like a simple strategy kind of option. It's really good. Um, it, yeah, it's it, it's up to four players. It's simple. I feel like you could only really play it once per night in terms of how like how the game is played. It, it kind of like not loses interest, but like you'll, you'll you'll see what the game has like once, and then you'll play it again like maybe a couple nights later. Um, but it's kind of like you just bid on point cards. Yeah, so you, you bid on point cards, and basically you need to make sure you know which cards you want to get. Because if if you have a tie, no one gets a card. So it's like a strategy game. Like, do I want the card? Do I want to try to get something? Play high, low, high now, low later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's my cool. few pickups. <laughs> There's a game kind of like that. It's it's similar in style, but a little different in execution. Called uh, Idiots. It comes with um, Jackbox the, Two. Yes, Jackbox. Yes. Yeah. It's it's kind of got a similar mechanic of auctioning for things, and you only have a specific amount of points. So, anyways. Um, all right, Will, you want to go ahead and do yours? Yeah, so my latest pickups are not nearly as interesting <laughs> or unique. Um, and one of them I'm not particularly proud of, but I kind of wanted to try it. And it was only $2, so that's, it'll be the first one I show you. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, I realize it's Call of Duty, and I've crapped on Call of Duty kind of a lot in this podcast. Um, I didn't like that I want, one. I wanted to try it. The ads are cool, and I mean it's two dollars, so I figured why not? I might as well. I might as well try. It's got Kevin Spacey in it. I realize Kevin Spacey's fallen out of grace since then, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still a good actor. Um, and then I've actually owned this game in the past, uh, Tomb Raider, but I only have a digital version of it now, and I wanted to get the physical version again. I really enjoy this game. I have yet to beat it, but I'm probably about a third way through the latest playthrough that I've done. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. And this is the one that you should be excited about, Chris. Aw, oh, snap. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I haven't played this, and I think it's I think it was originally an expansion for the uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, but it's actually like its own complete game, so I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I picked up. Um, I'm playing through a couple games right now. Uh, I'm still playing through Gears of War. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 and also Twilight Princess I started and Chris knows this maybe you'll bring up the picture that I sent you of the weirdest thing in Twilight Princess is this naked lady mixed with a chicken <laughs> like, that's not what that it's, is it's what it looks like though <laughs> is it safer work <laughs> what, what's, what's the uh, name just of look it up man what's that's exactly again? what that looks like it's an Princess. ooh what are the chickens called themselves I can't remember I'm just gonna it's an ooh cuckoo then 
There it is. It looks like a naked, naked lady mixed with a chicken. That's what that is. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's been yeah, a while right, since you've seen... You even see the little boobs. I don't know if it's been a while since you've seen a naked lady, Will, but I don't, I've never seen a naked lady that looks like that. That's what it looks like when it's mixed with a chicken. It's literally a chicken. Please knock him out. Alright, come on, Eliza. Right? Thing. It looked, yeah, I, I, can, I can see the resemblance. Alright, so That's when I knock over Gorgon. a Gorgon. random pot and that thing pops out out of nowhere, no. it's very weird. Can you kill it? Or is it just no. there? No, it like, warps me between like, in and out of the dungeon, I think. I don't know, I didn't use it, but it's, it's, it's in my inventory. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that your current pickups did not include hardwired the book. I know! You have to remind me this week so I can actually go get it. <laughs> Elijah, do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like I do, but I'm just... I, yeah. Hardwired, yeah. Hardwired the book is the um, book, the material that Cyberpunk 2077 is based on. Oh, okay. Now, nice. So, Hardwired the book came out a long time ago, and then following that, there was a tabletop RPG called Cyberpunk 2020. All right, and then that game intrigued the developers at uh, what is it? Uh, Red something. Red. CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red had heard of this and said, "Ooh!" And they got licensed to the franchise, and now they're producing Cyberpunk 2077 with the help of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I don't know. I I wasn't super psyched, and I see Keanu Reeves. I'm like, okay, Keanu Reeves, do <laughs> it, man. You're gorgeous. Is that what, is that what he says? You're breathtaking. No, you're breathtaking. breathtaking. Everyone's yeah. breathtaking. Hardwired. And then it's funny because there's Metallica hardwired, right? But hardwired. How far into the book are you already? Chapter four. Okay. It's I, only, I can catch really, that. this book is like 250 pages. It's just taking me a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the book. This is the cover for the Amazon version. On Absolute units. Yeah. So. I can just download it to my phone. I don't have my nook on me. Um, but anyways, uh, are you all set? Well, you got anything more? Nope, that's all I picked up this week. Did you talk about what you were currently playing, Elijah? No, I don't think I was. Um, then I'll so yeah, so actually, uh, I'm currently working on a uh, column right now called Bust Out the Backlog for Gaming Trend. It's going to start on Thursday because, like, throwback Thursdays. Um, I'm working through, like, a lot of my old Steam games and, like, Switch games that I bought but I didn't play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We all have backlogs. Don't lie to me. You have, like, mm-hmm. a dozen games probably at least, right? So I'm like going to tackle 40 or 50, but... I'm probably going to tackle, like, 100 and Right. So, yeah, I, I just finished a couple um, for, for that column. Uh, I think DuckTales Remastered, I just, mm. you know, I finished up playing stuff. Um, currently, right now, I'm reviewing uh, Castle Crashes Remastered. Ooh, so, I love that yeah. game. Oh, yeah, so that game. If if you haven't um if you haven't got like I believe it's on PS4 also, but that game is great. DuckTales Remastered is pretty good too. Uh, I know you can't really get it anywhere because it got delisted. Unless you want to buy it physically, in which case, be prepared to pay like 30, 40 bucks. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was on sale for like two days. Um, yeah. So currently playing Castle Crash Remastered, trying to find like people to play it with online. So oh, no, my so my copy, my copy's gone. Oh no! That's a little while back. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so basically, yeah, that, that's what I'm getting on. Um, also, entitled Goose Game. I don't know if you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Played it yet? PewDiePie played it, so I know about it. It's fun. Donkey played it too. I was just, I was laughing so hard. It's not like a bad price. I think it was originally twenty when I bought it in the Xbox. Right. <laughs> so that's it's that's what a, I'm currently playing. Such a good game. Such a good game. Really, it's so good. I love that game. 
Um, I can see why it's so popular. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, all right, is that all you got then? Um, do you have recommendations as well, or at the end? I don't know. Okay, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, done. <laughs> this is a game I've picked up several times before. Nice. That's awesome. Solid. Such, Solid choice. Such a good game. Um, if you like Mario Party style games, but you like the mini games, and you like Crash Bandicoot, this is such a good game to play. It really is. It's just like mini games, Crash Bandicoot styled, kind of like Mario Party is just remix of, of just mini games to play. But there's like bosses and stuff, so it's like you're moving through like level, 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 boss, next level, 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 level boss. Next level. You're just kind of going up, 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 up. This giant thing, right? Right. Um, and this, I picked up a long time ago, but I've never talked about it. The best version of Need for Speed <laughs> ever yes. made. Uh, yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. Ever. Arguments for that. Because it's complete. It does not require anything online. And I still play it to this day. It's my favorite arcade racing game ever made. And it's it was like came out for the Xbox, the PS2, and the GameCube, but then they re-released it for some reason on the 360 when that came out. This is the best version of the game. There's no better, unless maybe PC with like enhanced mods or something, but this, other than that, is the best console version of the game ever made. Don't buy the junk they produced in 2012. It's an always online, <laughs> yeah. race people, you know, just don't, don't. I think they're making another new one. I hope they re-release this. I think I it's called Need for Speed Heat. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just looked at it because I remember they sent us a video from it. Oh, yeah, it looks nice. Mm. <laughs> so. the, the whole you know, stupid, weird, cringy CGI aside, um, that game has a great storyline where you're like racing towards the top of the list. You have actual people you're racing against that you come to dislike and have to race them and take their cars away from them. And at the end is just this epic police chase where you're escaping the city. It is awesome. So it's like a Fast and Furious movie, then. <laughs> oh, it, it really is. It's like Fast and Furious come to life. But uh, it's the best game. Do not buy the re-release in 2012 that they made that's not a real... Re I don't know why they gave it the same title. It's not even the same game. But... Let me see if I've got it on here. Yeah, the 2005 version. That's what I'm talking about. They did do a re-release version that's not actually... I'll show you what it looks like. The, as long as you can see what the title is, or the um, art is. Let's see, where is it? Oh, hold on. This. Do not buy this junk. Yep. Ever. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep far away from that. <laughs> but, okay. So... Why don't we go ahead and give a recommendation of a game to everybody? Will you go first? Oh no! Put me in the hot spot. I can give it to Elijah if you want. Yeah, do that. All right, Elijah, <laughs> you go first. You want to, Okay, so you want a hot take that'll lose all credit for like all the credibility as a reviewer? Okay, let's go on game rankings real quick. Do you mind going there? Sure. Oh my gosh! Okay, what I'm doing this. Okay, so search. Literally, so okay, search for the word Bubsy. Uh, I think pause on fire. Oh my god! I'm going with this. Oh my gosh! Okay, look at this. Okay, see, uh, uh, not, uh PS4 version. Yep. Okay, and go to. You can see it's it's there. Do you see that score right there? That means I recommended it. I see a gaming trend. If you click on that review, I'll no, uh, go back and click to the. Yeah. If you see that review, right there, it's an. 
gives it 80 out of 100. I don't like that. That's a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, full disclosure, I actually did get to like uh, interview Bubsy, like himself. I don't know why, but it actually is really fun. I, I personally thought it was it was good. Um, it's I don't know if you played Runner Two or Runner Three, like the picture Runner games. I've seen how they play. I, I don't know yeah. that, that well, but it's basically it, like Runner. I liked Temple Run. I'm sure I would probably like this. Right. It's basically like what do you call? It? It's like um, it's like basically a Runner Two or Runner Three type game where you know you're kind of like just going or going there and whatnot. I I feel like I was a little bit too generous with it. Like looking back, I probably would have given it a seventy. <laughs> but I do, I, I did appreciate it for what it was worth. I actually did buy the Switch version. I haven't opened it yet, but like I have the PS4 version. I got the PS4 version to review. I would recommend it, but that's like my hot take because I, <laughs> I don't know. I know people, you know, kind of weird about that. That and Sonic. But yep, there you go. That's that's your uh, video game hot take for the day. Awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will I will accept your uh, hot take and uh, I will raise you whatever Will's gonna say. <laughs> All right, so I mean, I don't, it's not as much of a hot take, but I like uh, the Abe's Odyssey. I, I highly oh. recommend that game. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the the re-release is. It's new and tasty, I think, or is that the newest one that's not out yet? Dude, there is a ton of Abe's Odyssey. I don't know if he does, but Limited Run Games has re-released a lot of them physically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like, they did, like, Stranger's Wrath for the first PS3 release. Mm-hmm. We were getting that. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, like, it, a side-scrolling platformer, isn't it? It is. It's really fun. It's quirky and enjoyable. And, I, I mean, if you want the 3D adventure, I never actually played Stranger's Odyssey or Stranger's Wrath, rather, but I played... Uh, Munch's Odyssey, and I really enjoyed that back on the original Xbox. I think they've actually they have an HD version of it now for the PS3. Okay. If I correctly. Nice. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they just really released the physical version on PS3 too. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Those yeah. Just did. Yeah. Um. That's. that's um. I've considered that one a few times. I just never actually tried it. It looks almost like Donkey Kong Country graphics. Um, yeah, it kind of is. If it, there's the the HD or like the complete remake of that game is was on um, Game Pass. Oh, Chris. okay, okay. So you might be able to play that now. Yeah, I've got I've got Game Pass right now. Cool. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, it's quirky, fun. You make fart jokes and it's wonderful. That's my kind of humor. Oh, so it's like a side-scrolling version of. Um, uh, oh, now my brain's not working. This is no good. Arthur and Jan, Psychonauts? No, 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 no. Um, search of the Sea. Conquer. It's like Conquer. Yeah, it's not and it's not as dirty as Conquer. He's kind of like drinks and stuff. But um, in Munch's Odyssey, it's actually kind of funny. So if you're going through, it's like a, it's like a 3D platformer game uh, or puzzle-type game. And there's a bunch of these little like soda machines throughout the levels, and it gives you different power-ups. So sometimes they're like espresso machines, they're like extra bounce and things like that. And I don't know, Just talking about drinking, you do drink things in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like the uh, shamans do get like wasted. It's it's pretty funny. So this is gonna be very. Um, Will's gonna get mad at me, but I'm gonna plug this series one more time. Uh, don't you dare say Persona. <laughs> Fire Emblem. Oh, oh, Fire Emblem. I'm not mad. Dang. I'm enjoying the one I have. 
You know, actually, one of my biggest gamer regrets, I could have got that for $10 in 2006, and I didn't. I, I was it. so upset. I got it. I've got the complete version with the disc. Uh, I got it for... <laughs> What was it? Full price, forty bucks. I bought it when it was brand brand spanking new. Yeah, was, was the whole reason I wanted a GameCube mm. was the fact that this game came out. I've been a fan of this series since what? What year did the first one come out? Because I got it within the first year it came. Two thousand three for the Game Boy Advance, I think. So I've got every game except for Three Houses at this point. But uh, you didn't have Three Houses yet? No, I don't have a Switch, so it doesn't really do me. Oh any yeah. I mean, buy it now, and then we get a Switch. Yeah. Speaking of that, we now have Patreon. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. No, 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 no. That up. If you have a PayPal link, I'll just shoot, you know, shoot a survey or something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely adore this series. That's what, it's one of my... It was the original series that kind of got me into RPGs. Because okay. before this, I didn't really play anything RPG-related. Like, you want to know what got me into RPGs? Fable. <laughs> Fable. It's kind of. It's like a RPG light. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. It's like Skyrim light. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still love Fable. I'll never say anything bad about them. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's. I like Fable too. I like, I like Fable One, Fable Two, and I like Fable Three, which I know you don't like that much. Nope. We we, we can forget about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I even have Fable the Journey. We can Ooh. definitely forget about that one. That one definitely doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, as a um, as a um. Uh, What's the, what's that game called? Uh, Oregon Trail. Is an Oregon Trail simulator where you're like moving your uh, yeah. It's not that bad, but that, that's no, not what it's meant to be. I like the Fable Heroes game, which is like the little beat 'em up game with little puppets. That's pretty fun. So <laughs> back on to what I was saying, I absolutely love what these guys do with their manuals, and you'd have to own them to really know what I'm talking about. But they actually sit here and they like draw out every single unit. Oh, cool. And they show you what they look like. They have a little description. Every manual they've ever made, it, like, has all these unit types on there. It's like, who takes the time to do that? It's something that I've always Nobody anymore. Something I've always found fascinating about um, intelligent systems. Because they just take the time to do all these extra things that a lot of developers just didn't even do. Mm-hmm. But my... Um, love for Fire Emblem kind of dissipated around the time of the DS release of Shadow Dragon because they just I do own it now but at the time I didn't pick it up and then I didn't pick up a 3DS for the same reason because Awakening just kind of made me I know it's a it's it's one of those spicy hot takes but I did not like Awakening very much okay it's, which is weird because that's like the, the first mainstream I would assume Fire Emblem so I, I can understand I'm not a mainstream Fire Emblem player. I like when it was a niche game that they didn't really care about attracting a million people to play. But that's how Nintendo cares about franchises now, is that it has to attract a ton of people for them to keep releasing releases for it. You can't make a ton of money off a game that only sells 200,000 copies. Do you remember Shibi Robo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, um, I highly, highly recommend... This is probably top three Fire Emblem games, in my opinion. This one, uh, the original, and I loved Echoes. I thought Echoes was, like, the best modern Fire Emblem game they did, barring if I like Three Houses still. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it's also probably one of the most, I think, top three most expensive GameCube games right now. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It goes for a... Let me just 
I'd say this. If you can figure out a way to play this on the cheap, do it. Okay. I don't advocate for piracy, but... Right. <laughs> however you want to play it. It's Try to re-release it. Worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's my recommendation, and uh, thank you guys for doing this podcast with me. Well, thanks for having me on. And is there any closing remarks you'd like to make, Elisha? Um, well, thank you guys for listening to my ramblings. I know sometimes I'm not super coherent. <laughs> uh, you can catch me on, you know, again, like I'm on Twitter, Catamarize Forever. I'm on Steam, also Catamarize Forever and uh, Gaming Trend. Uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, I do like talking to some people. So if you do want to talk about like games or other stuff, that's cool, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's where I am at right now. Uh, trying to work on different like news stories and also I want to do interviews I I have something lined up I don't know if you know what the frogware situation is with they got delisted with some titles okay um, but yeah there, there's something in the, in the works hopefully tomorrow but we'll see <laughs> sounds good and we'll make sure we put links to your uh, your various things in the description below mm-hmm. sounds good I'm Chris and I'm Will I'm Elisha, Saber's best girl. (laughs) And we will see you on the next Krillcast. Mm.